open. Shepard all alone. Shepard breaks a tackle and into the end zone. Sterling Shepard. It's he. Thibodeau got there. Got the ball out. Scooped it and scored. Touchdown Giants. Kevon Thibodeau. Second down, five, Jones again. Oh, here he goes. He can see the pylon. Touchdown. Barkley looking for a seam. Great cut. Saquon Barkley in for the touchdown. The luckiest team in NFL history. Welcome to Joining About the G-Men. I am Joe McGuire along with Sean Scanlon and King Zay. Uh we're we're about a week uh, plus out from NFL football. Uh, all I've been hearing lately, especially at the worldwide leader in sports, is that the Giants are going to go five and eleven or worse. That there's going to be some grand regression for some reason. And no one explains what or how. I think this is an extension of last season when all of these football guys couldn't admit that the Giants were a decent team. Wouldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Week after week, they're getting lucky. I mean, as if it's the NFL. Give me a break. Zay, I, I, am I wrong? Is or, or do you think this team's not too good? How could you say that? Um, you're talking about a team that's coming back again with basically everybody they had last year. All they did was add on pieces that's made them faster on offense, faster on defense, uh, the stronger up front on the offensive line. I can't see how this team regressed outside of Daniel Jones just having the absolute worst year a quarterback could have in football and maybe a Saquon Barkley injury. I can't see how anyone else is foreseeing anything else. And then you have a counterpart across town who completely throw a team together and they think, oh, we got a quarterback now. We're just going to win because we have a quarterback. It's kind of baffling to me to see that, how one team can add one piece and they could become a, a contender in the same town. Didn't make the playoffs the year before. The guy who's leading them didn't make the playoffs the year before. But the team that went to the playoffs, that had less than they have now, not only went to the playoffs, but won a game and could have possibly won a second game had they had not drawn the Eagles for just bad luck in the situation. Had they had drawn maybe a Cowboys, maybe a Hurt 49ers, maybe they could have, you know, gone a little further. But again, they drew the juggernaut, which was the Eagles, and they fell two games short of the Super Bowl. But for people to see them not even making the playoffs, that's absolutely laughable to me at this point. You don't you don't think there's anything to absolutely. this this luck? They they just got lucky and won ten games in an NFL season. No, there's a lot of hate, and a lot of hate comes for uh, I guess for Daniel Jones. We've been getting it since he's got the contract. A lot of this stems back from the you know the Giants making the decision to pay Daniel Jones over Saquon Barkley. Once that happened, we started hearing. Oh, the Giants are terrible. The Giants aren't smart. They don't know how to run their franchise. They put $40 million in a guy who isn't worth it instead of the guy who carried them on their team. And if I remember correctly, there were times Saquon Barkley wasn't on the field and Daniel Jones led that team down the field and scored. 
i.e. against Kareem Bay, where, Joe, where uh, Barkley missed an actual drive, and he goes down, scores in a couple of plays against the guy who's across town, who is now the favorite to possibly even win a Super Bowl, not just make the playoffs. So this, this whole situation, to me, it's more media hate than anything. It's not based off of logic. It isn't based off of anything people are seeing or hearing in locker rooms. It's just people trying to create their own buzz around the Giants that doesn't exist, I guess. I, I, I can't see any other way. Sean, help me out. I don't know, bro. Yeah, I mean, well, they're the experts, so we're going to have to listen to them. Um, no, I'm kidding. They're, they're a bunch of babbling idiots is what they are. Um, the Giants were a playoff team last season for a reason, and they only expanded upon it, um, as they were saying. On offense, they had – you know, one of the best tight ends in the league in Darren Waller. They add speed in Jalen Hyatt, Paris Campbell. Uh, I think that's only going to open up the offense uh, for Daniel Jones. Uh, I, I know that a lot of people like to say that, you know, Daniel Jones doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns. But if you looked at the team that he had last season, the what he did with that offense, with the constraints of that offense, was pretty damn impressive. So I think they're going to only open it up more in Brian Dable's um, second year here with Daniel Jones. And then on the defense side of the ball, um, they go out. They beef up the interior D-line, which is, you know, really probably the biggest thing that hurt them last year was against the run. They weren't too solid, so they beefed that up, get a couple of rookie cornerbacks that I think will help out the secondary. Um, and it's the second year in the system with Brian Dable. Uh, it's, it's tough to come in as a rookie head coach. I don't see why they're not going to be better in the second year. So I agree it's kind of just a bunch of narratives. Um, the fact that the Jets are getting this much hype is pretty comical. They have the longest playoff drought uh, in American sports right now, so let's remember that they're they're a joke, and they'll always be the, the little brothers of New York football. So uh, I'm excited for football to come, and I can't wait to uh, prove I'd be wrong because the people that think the Giants are going to regress this year uh, are in for something. Uh, and let me point out that not only were the Jets a huge disappointment a season ago, so was Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, the place where he had spent his entire career. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much I'd be banking on him going to a new place and it just working out perfectly. Uh, Daniel Jones really didn't play much in the preseason. Came out uh, in game two and was eight of nine. Looked perfect. Uh, ran this offense like, like he needs to do. What do you think he needs to do this season to be successful? And part of why, and I said this to you yesterday, Sean. Part of why I don't think they're due for some big regression is it's not like Daniel Jones threw for 30 touchdowns. I mean, he threw for 15. He's not going to be worse than that this year, assuming he's healthy and plays the whole season. So what can this guy do? Where do you think Daniel Jones can take things? I think that DJ is going to take it to the next level. Um, I really do. After getting that contract, I think it's it's well-deserved. If you look at um, some of the guys that just got paid, he's now about like middle of the pack for quarterbacks um, in terms of getting paid in the league. So I think he might be even above that. He, I think he's pretty damn close to entering the top 10. Uh, if he has another season that even, is even better than last year, uh, he can do it with his legs. He cut the turnovers last year, and he was doing it with uh, receivers of – pretty much a bunch of no names with all due respect to them. Um, that's It was one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. So, like I said, Darren Waller has been uh, a mismatched nightmare in this league for years now. I think that's only going to help. They add so much speed everywhere. So I think if he just continues to, you know, cut down the turnovers, which he showed last year, um, with, led the league in the least interceptions, 
didn't fumble the ball nearly as much. And if he can get help from his old line too, um, I think Evan Neal, you know, going into his second year will be a lot better. Uh, John Michael Schmitz up front is a huge pickup. So I think is the, if the protection is better, um, I think that he'll have another year with less turnovers and that will even open up the offense more because it was kind of conservative last year. But um, I, Dable and Kafka are, I, th I think, great play callers. So they really, um, you know, bring the best out of all their playmakers. So I expect to see that this year. So if he cuts the turnovers down again, um, I think we're going to see even more explosiveness from this offense. Um, still doing it with his legs. And then uh, I think you'll see more than 15 passing touchdowns this year. So I, I like the fact that this year I, I think it's going to be a lot more of an open playbook, um, a lot more things for Daniel Jones to do in this offense. Now, Zay, Zay, you you preferred uh, Wilson from the Jets over Daniel Jones. How do you feel now? Wilson. I'm, just, I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. Hey, if you're being, if I'm being honest, Zach Wilson's actually looked pretty good in preseason. If the yeah, Jets, he really did. As a backup, he's great. All right. Jets don't get anything out of this Aaron Rodgers situation. At least Zach Wilson will hopefully be ready when he's gone. You know, he's uh, he got to take advantage. If you're getting coached by someone that great. He's learning. He, like, Sean, are you watching Hard Knocks? The kid's improving. <laughs> you can see it. it it's it's got to be pretty easy to prove, improve upon being the worst quarterback in the NFL. So uh, if you can take a couple steps up from there, easy, good for easy, you. Easy, easy. There's, There's still Baker Mayfield. Easy now. There's still Baker Mayfield. Don't go yeah, there. somehow. <laughs> Don't go there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what I miss, guys? I, I mean, <laughs> I dropped out. I'm back. What happened? We're talking about Daniel Jones, uh, oh. who who obviously didn't play much in the preseason. Looked good when he did, though. Uh, that's that's a great sign. I, I got to be honest. Think about how many preseasons we've seen before with either Daniel Jones or Eli Manning in the passing. We couldn't even score. The man goes down the field, seven plays, scores a touchdown. We're about it, and it's not just simple plays. He hits Darren Waller on a big play, then he hits Darren Waller on another big play. He's hitting you know um, Bellinger on these you know on the rollout pass. He's hitting Paris. It's not that he's just moving the ball. He's spreading the ball out. He's learning his targets. He's getting comfortable with his weapons. And he still didn't even have everybody. He's yet to play with Hyatt in, on a first-team situation. We haven't seen him with his favorite receiver in Sterling Shepard. There's just so much more potential still left in this offense. And it's laughable that teams really don't think the Giants are going to make any freaking noise. It's you, you, Wondell Robinson just returned. We saw how good he looked right before injury. You get a guy like Wondell on one side and Sterling Shepard, you don't have enough corners. If the Giants could give Daniel Jones time, the boy's going to break some records this year. Man. He's going to put up some numbers. Well, let's talk about that. You know, look, obviously, the, you know, the, the Giants have a center and bookend tackles of the future is – is the the in obviously guard positions is that the Giants' still biggest weakness? Do you think it's definitely their greatest weakness? Um, I mean, it's not a it's a weakness that in you know in schemes you can you know get around it. We know the guard position it is important, but it's not as important as the tackle positions. We know you know those guys are the ones that are pulling. Those are the guys that are defending the backside of your quarterback. So we know that's important, but you know guards again. You can get you a basic guard who could fill in. He could be a good combo guard who can, you know, move maybe to the other side or move to center. You, we'll figure out the guard situation. I'm not too worried about that. Once you got the center and the two tackles and you have two tight ends on the outside who can block and who are willing blockers, which is a big thing in this league, 
not many tight ends have, you know, in recent history want to block. A lot of these tight ends now, they want to go, they want to play receiver, they want the receiver money because obviously money now, as we've seen with this Saquon Barkley situation, everything is tied in. And if you're going to be franchised, you want to be franchised at the highest amount you can get. But the Giants are lucky enough to have two tight ends who don't care about getting down the field and catching every ball and blocking. So that's going to also help out with their blocking scheme up front to alleviate some of the headache of not having two great guards next to your tackles. So I, I think the line will be pretty fine. Make or break year for Dan Jones. I don't know who's calling him Dan Jones at this point, but that's pretty. That's, yeah. I don't. I don't think this is a make or break year for anything. I think this is, you know, Daniel Jones. It is to me highly unlikely that this guy's not going to have as good a year or a better year than he had last year, just based on on. The, the construct of the New York Giants, we know he understands this offense. We know that, that obviously Kafka and Dable, they utilize this guy the right way. And there's a reason he finished in the top 10 last year in the NFL as a quarterback. And I know people are still having a hard time understanding that. It's the reason the Giants decided to pony up for this guy they believe in him. They went out there uh, and attempted to get him weapons. Darren Waller, obviously, much like Saquon Barkley, when he's healthy, he's a phenom. He's one of the absolute best in the league. At what he's a giant now because he's a giant. He's not the top 10. But before that, he was a top five tight end. In the right. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly the, the way the media pushes that. Uh, it, it is uh, 100% typical. The Giants haven't gotten a pass on anybody since Lawrence Taylor. Let's be honest. It's New York. So nobody wants to play here. It's the hardest media to deal with. By the way, what do you guys think about Jalen Wyatt uh, uh, going out? He's uh, changed his number. He's going to be wearing number 13. OBJ gave him the Love blessing. Is, is, that, is that hype? Is it too much hype? Should this kid just focus on? Because I see him being that sort of player. And boy, if 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 that turns out, wouldn't that be fantastic? That uh, yeah. When I saw that he was changing to number thirteen, that uh, that made me feel something special inside. Uh, just remembering Odell's rookie year when he broke out that number thirteen. Um, his first couple years in the league were electric. So, uh, just fantasizing about Jalen Hyatt being that receiver uh, is, is really something special. And you could see he has that talent. Um, he has that skill set. He's a burner. Um, he's going to get past a lot of secondaries in this league and it's going to happen quick. Um, and I can't wait for week one. Cause I don't know, you guys have probably seen this video, but, um, I think it was, it was at his pro day. The Cowboys receiving coach came up to him and, uh, he was like, you, you know what you can do. And he was like, yeah, what's that? He was like, you're here for your speed. But, uh, and then Hyatt was like, yeah, but I can run routes. Um, so I think Hyatt's going to remember that in the back of his head week one. Uh, he's going to have a big day, I think wearing that at 13. So, um, I, I can't have guys like David Sills wearing that anymore. Um, sorry to David Sills, but <laughs> yeah. now that Hyatt's got it, uh, I think it's, it's going to be try and build a legacy off of that. And uh, I think that he's going to be, um, having a very good connection with Daniel Jones. So that, that definitely got me excited. Stop that. Please, 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 please stop the noise. I, I love Odell. I love, Odell. I love the memories, but what was Odell for us guys? Just another receiver. He didn't want a championship. He didn't oh, want a playoff brother. game. Stop. He had one winning season with the team. 
Then he went on TV and bashed his quarterback with a rapper, kicked the field goal post. Then, then he married the field goal post. Look, I don't need all that. I just need Hyatt to be a capable wide receiver, a deep threat. I'm not too playing into the whole 13 crap, the number crap. It doesn't mean nothing because he could have kept 84 and he could have flew down the field and been our next Randy Moss for all we know. All I'm saying is I just want him to go out there, be a deep threat weapon, be what we brought you in to be. Be the guy that scored five touchdowns against Alabama. I don't need you to be Odell. I don't need you to try to fill Odell's shoes, which, again, shouldn't be that big in New York. He didn't win anything. We're not talking about Daniel Jones who has to fill the, the Disrespect shoes. to Odell, man. What is Think, it? About, what is this, though. Think about this, though, Zay. Honestly, Odell Beckham is the greatest receiver in Giants history. No. I, I, I don't believe that. He's the flashiest. He's had some of the best plays. But if you ask me to pick receivers, I'm taking Plaxico Burris. If I got to pick between all the Giants receivers, does he count? I would yeah, take you talk about you talk about problems too. Man. You're talking about the homegrown talent. He's probably the best homegrown talent. Maybe I don't think we did we draft Amani Tuma because that would be my only argument. It would be either Amani yeah. Tuma, who was a, another great receiver. No, Maybe. yeah the the answer to the question actually was Amani Tumor. Um, but Victor some Cruz people think player. it's Odell Beckham, and I and like you said, listen. He's the flashiest. And listen, I think if, if Yankee fans have a problem, it's that they think a relief pitcher is a guy who never gives up hits or home runs, which is funny because Mariana Rivera gave up hits and home runs. And they completely forget that that happened. And they have this vision of like a closer is like, if the guy's not perfect, you're a bum. And I and I think it's a it's not a good mindset for a fan to have to have like an unrealistic expectation. I agree. All that said, let let me get to this. Zay, I want to ask you about this because I think one of the other areas of concern, maybe maybe not for the Giants, is cornerback. Where a couple rookies starting yeah. is is that? I mean, growing pains with a rookie corner. These guys are good. How good do you think they are? Look, look. And y'all know me. I was on the sauce train last year. We got tons of podcasts, and I was screaming Sauce Gardner to the windows. I wanted Sauce Gardner. Giants went Kayvon Thibodeau. Y'all got y'all win. Either way, I don't think we would have lost. You would have got a dynamic player. But, boy, you want to talk about missing and then getting some talent the next year. These two guys, Deontay, De, um, Deontay Banks and uh, what's the other guy? It's not Flot. What's the other corner? Trey Hawkins. Trey Hawkins, excuse me. Those kids are good. And you're, you're talking about one guy didn't give up any catch all preseason. And the other guy, when he was out there, I think he had an interception. Was it interception or deflection? One of the two. He was out there on a big play. They're fine. If a Dory Jackson is playing in the slot, I'm more comfortable with that than I am with anybody else we've ever had ever in the slot. You know, slot corner has been a huge, huge problem for us. We've even tried to move safeties in there. It does not work. If you could put an all-pro like a Dory Jackson there and be that comfortable on the outside, because these two – and you're talking about two kids who, you know, in college – I don't know about um, Hawkins. I know, for for example, um, Banks, he was in a lot of man defense in his defense where, where he came from. You're talking about fitting in the Winks defense. He loves the man defense. He loves to bring the pressure. If those guys can hold their – you know, the Giants have a ton of pass rushes. I would agree probably the best defensive line, if not second – they're top three 
in the league defensive line. I don't care what anybody says. You know, you have a guy like Dexter Lawrence. You have Leonard Williams. You have Kayvon Thibodeau. You have some real talent up there up front. Aziz Ojolari, whoever you want to talk about, these guys have talent. You can get these guys to play man on the corners, and you have a Dorian All-Pro in the inside. You're really going to be able to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, which is going to lead to a lot of upside for you. Because, again, if you can get to the quarterback fast, the corners don't got to cover as long. They're not going to get beat deep. There's a lot of things that go into that. Field positioning. Teams now can't just dump the ball down the field and flip the field because they they have to take longer to get down the field. Because your men, you know, you're playing man. You have to do shorter passes, quicker passes, because the guys are bringing extra pressure. They're bringing guys off the corner. They're bringing guys off the edge. They're bringing a safety in the box. There's all types of things that you can do defensively when you have two guys who are outstanding in man coverage and who can also play zone. But again, we're a man coverage defense. That's why I'm focusing on that. And then you talk about the safeties behind them. The Giants had a safety battle. Like, you know, um, Bain, um, between Bain and Xavier McKinney, and these, uh, they don't know who to start. They really could have started. You can probably play all three of these guys at, on the field at the same time and be comfortable and know that you have good safeties. You have, a, you know, protected secondary who's protecting your corners. The Giants, I, I, I'm, so, I'm losing words on how good this Giants team is. And yet we're here talking about, we're starting off the show with how they're going to be worse than they were last year. It's like there are endless reasons why they got back. I didn't even bring up Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, no, you know, and let, can we talk about this guy for a minute? And, and listen, because I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, this was the dude that I want. And I know he's, you know, he's a tweener. Uh, I think the Cardinals do a terrible job developing guys anyway. I thought this kid was an absolute beast in college and, and a big time playmaker. And I, I, I've heard people saying like, look, dude, you know, wink gets his hands on this kid. Uh, he could really do some damage, it, you know, don't not to mention uh, uh, the linebacker, uh, Bobby Okiari there, the, the Giants also signed, uh, I, I, you know, this defense, Dexter Lawrence uh, obviously has stepped up and become one of the, the top three guys in the, in the entire league. Again, I think people forget how good this defense was and literally gave away James Bradbury like a week before the season started. Um, that was, that was <laughs> devastating to this team and to this roster, you know, you, uh, lost the starter. I mean, just literally like by, uh, of course, you know, he went to the worst place imaginable and I don't know. I, I just, I, I feel like people are so underestimating this Giants team. And last year I said, this team was going to go nine and eight. I did not know that would make uh, for the playoffs uh, nine, seven and one as, as it were. Um, I want to do that again this year. I want to, I'd like to, you know, literally go through this schedule if you guys would. Uh, and, and let's be realistic here. That's what I try to do. I, I, I love the New York giants, but I, I know what the giants are capable of. Uh, and I've heard these first eight games are brutal. I think that's true. I think Dallas is a tough opener for the giants. I think the Cardinals in game two is an easy win. I think the giants win that game. I think, <laughs> yeah, let's say, let's say they lose to San Fran. I think they beat Seattle. 
two and two, lose to Miami two and three. Let's say they lose to Buffalo two and four. You beat Washington three and four. You beat the Jets. I'm certain they'll beat the Jets four and five. Raiders five and five. Dallas, let's say you lose again, five and six. Washington, let's say you lose again, five and seven. Beat New England. So you're six and seven. You beat Green Bay. You're seven and seven. Beat New Orleans, eight and seven. Lose to Philly, eight and eight. You beat the Rams, nine and eight. You got to play Philly to to make the playoffs. I I like it. I think that that's a that's a good spot for the Giants to be in. I I think that's about how this season's going to shake out. I think they could win. Some of the games I said they they are going to lose. Because, again, I think the Giants are a much better football team this year. Just looking at this roster, this is a better team than it was a year ago. Uh, yes, it is. I look, looking at that, I, I see some of I'm, I'm, I'm them. I'm baffled by some of those losses you have up there, if I'm being honest. I don't see us losing to the Bills. Um, I, I know, but look, I know the Bills have – "Quote unquote, a better roster, yada yada yada." I think having Dable, I think that helps us with the Bills. I think he knows Josh Allen. Uh, jo- excuse me, Josh Allen. I think he understands Josh Allen's tendencies, and I think knowing and being in that, you know, organization, that locker room, knowing how they move, I, I think that's going to do well for the Giants against the Bills than more people think. I think defensively, they have an up. They, you know, they have an advantage again. Like I said, Dable knows Josh Allen. He created this monster that is Josh Allen that everyone is now calling a top three quarterback in the league that before he was even drafted, you didn't even know where he went. So again, I think there's, there, there's a leeway there. I look at Miami and my biggest thing is Tua going to be available. Is he going to be concussed? Is he going to be playing? There's so many questions. He is usually concussed. That's true. There's, There's so many questions with Miami. And I think sometimes, again, they could be a really good team. They have good weapons. But again, I think they get held back by the quarterback position. Is he going to be there? Is he not going to be there? How good is their defense? There's so many questions on that one. Opening night at home, I can't see the Giants losing to Dallas. I think the times of the Giants and Dallas, you know, the Dallas beating us twice a year, I think those times are going to be going to the wayside. I think we have the better team this year, I'm going to be honest. I honestly think we have the better quarterback. I think we have the better receiving core. I think we have the better running backs. Um, I'm not too sure about the line situation with Dallas. Their line is, you know, wishy-washy, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But defensively, outside of Parsons, who scares me? Don't tell me Diggs. I have too many weapons now. All right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Give me your record. What's the Giants going to finish this year? I agree with um, Risser, who put it up early. I'm somewhere in the 11. Yeah, I'm in 11 wins, somewhere around 11 wins, whether the six losses would have to be. Because 11 and 6. Yeah, 11 and 6. I'm somewhere in that range. I think the Giants will be at the top of the NFC East. And I, people, I'm telling you, people are are really underdoing this roster. I'm, I am curious of uh, – I, I love to hear – we got a lot of people watching right now. Uh, weigh in. Let me know what you think uh, the Giants record is going to be. Sean, uh, how, where am I? I'm, I'm at like 9 and 8, I think. 9 and 8, 10 and 7. Uh, if they if they if they get lucky 
like they did last year, I think that's reasonable. And I think a return to the playoffs is a reasonable goal for this New York Giants team. Zay thinks they're a solid 11 and six. That's I'd love that. Who's right? Where, where are you sitting? Um, yeah, well, the luckiest team in the NFL will stay lucky uh, for this year as well. I, I agree with Zay. I, I was thinking 11 and six. Um, I just think that they are vastly improved from last year. Um, they won a lot of close games, but I don't I don't think that's a problem for this team. I, I think that they will be in a lot of close games, obviously, uh, earlier in the season as well. I think they will be. But I agree with Zay on the opening night part. I think that they're going to go um, beat the Cowboys at MetLife to, you know, make a statement to start the season. I'm so over the days of, you know, getting swept by the Cowboys and the Eagles. And I, I think this year, uh, I won't say that they'll uh, sweep both of them, but I, I do think that um, they're going to no, split. Uh, with both yeah. those teams. I don't think it's like both. Yeah, I agree. All right. Then, uh, Real quick, both. I just put Sanders up. Uh, Sanders, the Cowboys fan. So he says Giants would be playoff contention, but no better than third place. Because in his mind, Dallas is still better. Well, he's he's delusional. He's a Cowboys uh, Yeah. Fan. Well, and, and so, and, and real quick, because Sean and I talked about this yesterday. Uh, Sean and I obviously talked yesterday. And, <laughs> um, you know, the Eagles lost a lot of players and I, I look, I love Jalen hurts, but uh, Miles Sanders gone. They lost a lot of guys on defense. And they got some swift. They got swift to fill in for Miles Sanders. I I don't love him. I don't, I don't, that's great. I don't love him. And I don't know that he's that dependable. And, and, and listen, all that said, um, and, and then like you said, Tuesday, you throw some other guy in there, go, oh, yeah, he's just going to be great. Oh, maybe not. You know, look, DeAndre Swift had some problems. There's a reason that the Lions moved on. So, you know, I, I, I don't know that, you know, you can bank on. Look, Miles Sanders was a, a fantastic running back. And he did a really good job there. And he, you know, was very comfortable and knew that system really well. That certainly helped a young quarterback. So, you know, I don't. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Eagles are going to win 13 games or whatever nonsense people have in their heads. Jalen Hurts, a good quarterback, but that's not the same team as it was a year ago. And Dallas, again, I think is in 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 much the same situation they were in last year. Obviously, they've moved on from from Zeke Elliott, but Tony Pollard ready to to carry the load. We'll see. Did great as a as a backup, as a guy who who doesn't get a ton of touches, comes in fresh in games, late in games. How's it going to be? Pound of the football day in and day out is all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Look, there's there's just so many questions. That's why I hate early season predictions because obviously we don't know what there, there's still injuries. There's there's so many scenarios that can swing a season. Trades, free agent signings, all types of crap that we can see. But I will say one thing, and I agree with Rister with the whole playoff win thing. I can see the Giants winning multiple playoff games under one condition. I need Daniel Jones to win games late. If he can show me throughout the season that he can develop the ability to win games late, take a last drive, go down the field and score when we need, you know, two minutes left, we need to score. Bong, I need you to give me that drive you gave me in the playoffs. You know that, I mean, excuse me, in the preseason we just had, you know, that that one drive you had where you're just down the field, seven plays, I need a touchdown. You know, like Josh Allen, you remember that Josh Allen-Mahomes game we had a couple years ago where they both had like the fourth quarter of the score in like three seconds back-to-back? 
I need Daniel Jones not to be them, but I need him to develop some type of ability to win games late. That was one thing Eli was really, really great at. When the games came down late, two minutes, the ball's in his hands, I didn't have butterflies after a while, especially after the helmet catch. I think all that was gone for me. Eli knew how to command that. He gave you that confidence that when he got to the second Super Bowl and the ball was in his hands at the end of the game, you knew it was over. And he never, he never made it look good. He never made it look sexy. He's the least athletic person maybe we've ever seen in the NFL. Um, again, going back to the catch, him somehow getting out of the grasp on that one might might be the the greatest thing that ever happened in football history. Uh, the, Unless you're a Cowboys broadcaster doing a game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, listen, I, I, I think Daniel Jones is on the cusp of breaking out and and becoming, I think he'll be a Pro Bowl quarterback this year. And it might be because a bunch of people missed the game or whatever the case may be. But I, I think I think this guy's gonna have a good enough season. I think he's gonna throw for about 25 touchdowns. I think he can throw more. I don't want to be unrealistic. I said last year, I said last year, I wanted to see him throw for 25 and he threw for 15. So I I want to say he can't get 10 more weapons now with deep threats. He had literally no receivers left. Well, I just said he would. I just said 10 more is realistic. Is 15, 20 more realistic? I don't know. I think he, I realistically want to see him in the 30, 35 range. That gives me the confidence. That's hefty. And no, it was hefty before. But you have your weapons, you have your running back, you got a decent line, you got a defense that's not only going to keep you in games, but should give you opportunities to score more. Because it's a defense that we've seen, especially last year, can take the ball away. He should be able to score between 25 to 30. Uh, 30, 30, excuse me, 30 to 35, yes. I don't, I, even with rushing, I think rushing, he'll. he'll yes, that's. That was my prediction last year that it would be at least a twenty-five and five that he would combine for yeah. thirty, and he, and he didn't. And so again, and I understand the new, the, the weapons, and I think he's going to be better. I think to say twenty-five is is realistic. I'll be disappointed if he doesn't get to twenty-five. If he gets to thirty-five, Zay, I'll drive to I'll drive to New York and high five you because I'll drive you to the game. We'll go watch the game. You yeah. <laughs> You know, I think I think this guy's you know runs for eight to ten touchdowns with his feet. I mean, he's fantastic. And I listen. I think that the Giants last year figured out a lot about Daniel Jones. We learned a lot about Daniel Jones. And again, while some people were chalking it up to luck, it was like, dude, this guy's doing things that like, dare I say, but like Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen are doing. You're not the only one to say it. There have been other TV broadcasts. I mean, look, running is part of his game. It's not It's not a gimmick. It's not something that he does, you know, that he can do. It's something that he does, and he does it really well. It's part of his game. It goes along with it. You know, it's just like in basketball, having a three-pointer. That's his three-pointer, being able to run, because not every quarterback in the league we've seen can run. There are very few that can, and most of them are of the fair skin. And for him to not be of that and still be able to have those attributes makes him, in my opinion, like a unicorn. 
Zay, let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about race because, you know, listen, Jason Seahorn back in the day as a white cornerback for the Giants, there were people who just never really gave him the, the respect that he deserved because he was a white guy playing a, a, a black guy's position, you know, Quote so to speak. Uh, you know what I mean? The idea that there's like a white running quarterback, it's Josh Allen. Like, there can't be another one. That's like Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. Like, that's too many. It's it's too much. There's got to be, be logic. Let's go Eminem and logic. Let's not go Eminem. Yeah, all right. Better, better. That's better. Let's pick another white rapper. Let's go with that. One of the Beastie Boys. You know what I mean. Like, but again, it, it's I – think, I think people – I think people have a hard time thinking that there could be another white running quarterback uh, and that it would be Daniel Jones, a guy from Duke. Like none of that, none of that seems to jive out culturally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think, yeah, people, I think people, that's where it's coming from. People just don't like to admit that Daniel Jones is good, I think, is what it comes down to, starting with the national media. And it started from day one when he got drafted by the Giants when everyone was laughing at that pick. And then you have, you know, situations like him, you know, tripping against the Eagles and him, you know, leading the league in turnovers his rookie year, having all those um, bad fumbles. But he's obviously progressed his game since then. Uh, he's cut down on the turnovers. Like you guys are saying, he's one of the best running back, running quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I think, you know, Jalen Hurts, Lamar or right there. I mean, probably one and two, but he's not far behind. So people just don't like to admit that Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. And I can't wait for this year because I do think it's going to be a big statement year for him. I think he took a very good step in the right direction last year, um, leading his team to the playoffs and getting that playoff win. And I think this is the time where he separates himself into that upper echelon of quarterbacks. And, you know, people just like to hate on Daniel Jones because he's another goofy guy with that dumb looking face. But he's a killer at the end of the day, and he, he's going to prove it this year. So I can't wait um, because people, you know, sleeping on the Giants this year. I, I said it earlier in the episode, but they're in for a rude awakening because they only got better this offseason from a nine-win team that made the playoffs. So I can't wait for week one to, you know, go with some Cowboys ass. And but, still and one of the best head coaches in football. Obviously. Literally. I mean, as a first-year head coach, he won coach of the year. And it's only going to get better when he's more familiar with his players. Uh, the players in his system are more familiar with the offense. So uh, the, the sky's the limit for this team. I don't think – I wouldn't put, you know, Super Bowl on it, but I do think this is, you know, definitely a, a – no, yeah. Definitely a playoff team, though, that that's can win. That's the guy that's going to say that. No, no. And I, and I do think this is a team that could realistically – if everything hits, they can make the NFC Championship game. Hold on. So. Well, well, I agree with Sean's last statement. I'm not ready to put them in the Super Bowl just yet. I do think the Giants won the Super yeah. Bowl now every decade. We got one in the 80s. We got one in the 90s, early 2000s, the 2000 teens, or whatever you want to call them. So now the 2020s, at some point, I do think we're going to win one because that's just our MO. But <laughs> Sean, I think Sean put it perfect. So a statement year for Daniel Jones. I don't think it's a make or break year because he's got his money. There's nothing to make or break. Guess what? He'll be back for the next three years, make or break. You know, there's not make or break there. The Giants. This is football. It's not baseball. You don't got owners that are paying out these players and they're like, all right, go get get out my, you know, get out my place. He's going to be here for four years. It's not a make or break year. But like I said, like Sean said, it's a statement year. And I think he's going to make that statement. You look and you watch interviews. You hear people that used to play with him. Play, he's very smart. 
He's he's super smart. He understands the playbook. He, he's thinking constantly. You know, the game is natural to him. He's going to start showing these things this year. The problem was when he first came in the year, he had such small-minded coaching around him. And he's a big thinker. He's a complex thinker. Those plays weren't working. They were very simple. Jones likes things moving and, you know, doing things. This guy's going that way. That guy's going that way. Running back, coming out of the backfield. He's in motion. We see now that he's good with chaos. But what I mean by chaos is people moving, not staying stationary, not doing a quick five-yard dump. There are people running routes. There are people in motion. There are people getting a certain position. And he knows and understands that. You watch Daniel Jones. He has the rollout where he has three options. And he when he hits Hodges on the um when he rolls out to the sideline in the preseason game, he had three options he could have hit. And obviously Hodges was the middle, he was open, but he likes things like that. And I think having this playbook, opening it up, not like you know, last year was an intro. I think this year we'll see more down the field stuff. We'll see more more route combinations that we haven't seen. We'll see more things out of the backfield. But those things are going to help him make this statement because, again, he is completely underrated for his not just his talent, but his intelligence as a quarterback. So, Sean, I completely agree with you there. I do think this team could be an NFC Championship team thing if everything falls properly. Not Super Bowl just yet. Again, once you get those guards in place and then you get to a solid, like if, if you know, Hyatt becomes a solid one. I don't even need to be – I need him to be Deshaun Jackson. I don't need him to be, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. I need to be someone who's going to go down there, you know, spread the field, break up the safeties, give me the open field middle, you know, safe, you know, linebackers aren't just sitting there in the middle waiting for you to cross because they're going down the field chasing this 4-2 guy. That's what we want to see. And like I said, I'm I'm excited as you guys. I really am. I'm mad we got to wait another week. <laughs> my, you know, my I'm envisioning this season being a lot of passes to Waller and Bellinger. Yeah. In the beginning. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of that because I think the Giants are going to throw the, the ball a ton. But I, I think, you know, the more you're throwing to those guys, you look at the speed of, of, of Wyatt. You 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 talked about Waynedale Robinson before. Sterling Shepard's back. Slayton's back. So you got deep threats. I think the Giants have, and I know some people are like, maybe these aren't the best weapons. I think they have the right variety of weapons. And I think it really, to me, it, it really does start with Waller. And I love Bellinger. I thought he was so good last year. And and to have that sort of compliment, but again, getting one of the best guys in football at the tight end position and kind of making him the other tight end, my God, Um I think that kid's headed for a breakout season. A lot of people are saying uh, Waller will will probably lead the, the, the Giants in catches. I would put my money on Bellinger because I think Waller's going to draw way more attention. Agreed. Definitely agreed on yeah. that. Yeah, I, I do agree with the, what you're saying about the complimentary part about the receivers. There's a lot of different skill sets within this receiving room now. Um, you have the, obviously, big target, tight end guy, um, mismatch in Darren Waller. Uh, you have your burners who can break uh, the secondary and Hyatt and Slayton. Uh, a couple of really good slot guys that are great at getting open in short areas with, you know, Campbell, uh, Shepard, and uh, Wandale Robinson. And then Hodgins, who has just been a steady guy, was our best receiver down the stretch last year. So it's a lot of different skill sets in one receiving room that if you look at it on paper, um, a casual football fan will say, oh, these guys are mid. They're not great. 
But um, once you put them all together, we don't really have, say, a true number one receiver. But I like what this whole this group brings as a whole. And I, I think that it's going to be um, really big for Daniel Jones progressions uh, going into the season. I can see six or seven guys getting three or four catches a game. Yeah. Add in Saquon, too, coming out of the backfield. Oh, yeah. I'm not even counting Saquon, you know, and, and, and what he brings to the table. And, and again, I think to myself, you've got four or five guys now on this offense that, that have the capability of, of breaking one off at any moment. And, and, you know, to me, one of the, I think one of the best things Odell Beckham brought to the Giants, it's the same thing that Saquon does. It's that home run ability. It's, it's the ability to just go 80 yards, 60 yards, 55 yards on any given play and score. And when you have a guy like that, and that's why I was so pissed when they moved on from Odell, because to have two guys like that really ups the odds that one of them is going to break one off. You know, if not a score, like a 70-yard run, I'll take it down inside the five. We'll get in. But to have a game-changer like that, I think the Giants now legit. You look at the quarterback position. Again, you got a guy that can take off and run 80 yards. He's done it. You've got home run hitter, generational talent, finally realized in Saquon Barkley. you got that speed in, in, in Wyatt or Hyatt. I keep thinking. I keep. I, I'm killing his name over here. If you're mixing up Waller and Hyatt. Hyatt Waller. All right. I get a little excited Wyatt. too about it. It's, it's Hyatt. Yeah. Days, right? uh, I'm saying it. Yeah. Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt. Uh. You know. I. I think that's so clutch. Uh, uh. To. To have burners. To have guys that can just take it to the house. Uh. Obviously, Paris Campbell's got some speed. You know, so you, you've got guys, you've got guys where if Daniel Jones has a little bit of time, can, can get somebody moving across the football field, the Giants are going to score a lot more touchdowns just based on the speed that they suddenly find themselves immersed with. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think with so much speed um, for those receivers, I think, you know, teams are going to have to play deep, two deep safeties, which just gives more running opportunities for Daniel Jones and Saquon. So you're going to have to pick your poison with this offense with all the speed that it possesses. Um, so I, I think that's obviously huge for them. They can really do whatever they want, you know, dicing up and down the field. Um, that's why I really like the receiving group they put together because I think it adds a lot of elements to this offense um, that maybe we didn't see too much last year, that it's it's just going to make them even better and better, like you said, scoring more points and scoring a lot more touchdowns. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I really do. I, I really – I this is going to be the best season the Giants have had. Um, 2016 was nonsense, by the way. I, I, I didn't, I never bought it and I never felt it. Uh, and it didn't, it didn't feel right. The whole, that whole stretch sucked, but I think this is going to be as good as we've seen this team since 12. Yeah. I think this is probably the most excited we've been for a season since after that 16 season or, you know, after the Super Bowl. So there are obviously it's been some dark, dark times for us in the past decade, but uh, I think it's we we found a nice building block last year, making the playoffs, and now it's time to build off of that with the new regime and Dable and Shane that I actually trust. Um, are you laughing at me? What do you, what, I'm what, just hoping what we're I not say? jinxing anything that you know we saying. Knock on wood. <laughs> I just don't want well, to listen. You're you were the one that said this before. 
<laughs> you're like, we don't know how it's going to go, these preview shows. And it's like, well, that's why we do a friggin' podcast and not do a preview. <laughs> you know, we know, but obviously, right. No, listen, say you're totally right. Look, we're, we're talking we about, <laughs> we're talking about, right. I, I, I think the viewpoint we're coming from and Sean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're looking at this roster and, and, all things considered, they got through the pre-se- uh, preseason healthy camp, healthy. Everybody's fine. Everybody's doing well, uh, right? You're you're right where you need to be. You haven't lost any significant pieces. Best case scenario, this is definitely an 11-win team, assuming everybody's healthy, everybody plays every week, and everybody produces. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, there's the possibility that none of this happens. I just don't – I mean, I, I legit – I, I don't see a scenario where Daniel Jones doesn't step up a level and people are like, oh, he is good. I, I just can't see how, how that's not going to happen. I think Saquon Barkley is playing inspired football. He's also now playing for another contract. I think there's going to be an extra motivation there. That's That should scare people. Again, we know, how, we know how good this defense was last year. And this defense has gotten better on paper. Certainly in real life, it would be hard for it not to be better. No, definitely. Yeah, that'd be, it'd be, it'd be baffling. It'd be, it'd be almost like what Mets fans are going through right now, spending 300 million and not knowing how we're in last place. I like that. I think, right. I think if the giants, let's say the giants go like six and uh, six and 11 this year, and people are like, see, told you guys were crap. I, I will legit feel like, No, you don't even understand because there is optimism here in that the Giants were one of the youngest teams in football last year. Yes, one of them, yeah. And they're just a year older and a year wiser, a year more experienced. You know, I, I, again, it would be inexplicable. And assuming that everybody's right about Dable being a genius. It would be inexplicable yeah. for this team to take a giant step backward. Pardon the pun. I mean, look, Dable's got a lot. He's got a lot on his plate. I mean, he's got also think about it. Dable, people are going to judge Dable, but he's an offensive coordinator that became a first-time head coach. You know who else is an offensive coordinator who's trying to get a first-time head coaching job? This guy, Eric Bieniemy. Dable is going to go a long way in showing people what go, you know, how where you can transition from because we've seen it with our other first time coaches. Uh, what was it? A, a, a special teams coaching, Joe Judge. It didn't cut it. Uh, the Lions, they got Matt Patricia, defensive coach. Eh. But if you can have an offensive coach, well, now he's an offensive coach. Oh, now he is. Yes, I think that's <laughs> defense now. That's how bad Judge was at it. He's an offensive coach. But my point is, that's going to go a long way, though, for just you know the, the league. And, and you know, again, a guy like Bieniemy is trying to get an, he's trying to get an offensive gig. He's trying to get a coaching gig, and he wasn't. He's an offensive coordinator, so I think if Dable can be, he has to be. Not just I can't not not throw a thing. He has to be this for these people. That's why I can't see the Giants failing. I'm, I'm literally trying to wrap my mind around your six and eleven statement. I I. Can't that I can't see. I could see the Giants missing the playoffs fighting hard, but I yep. can't see a six and eleven complete fall off the hill. Who do you beat at six and eleven? Who are you beating at six and eleven? You know, when you look at that schedule, 
Who are your six wins? Well, you can lock in the commanders twice a year. That's a living. Well, and by the way, you can't even do that. You can't do that. We lost to them last year. We lost. I think. We tied them last year. Can I make a a prediction? Felt like a loss. Can I make a bold prediction for this year? Let's hear it. We've already had them all. (laughs) Eric Bieniemy will be a head coach before the season's over. Hmm. I'm surprised they didn't fire Ron Rivera after. Yeah. It could be eliminated. (laughs) Ron Rivera will not finish the season as the head coach. Of the Washington Commanders, I will, it I will be, be Eric the enemy uh, who who deserves deserves the job. But I, I I promise you that will happen before season's end. Ron Rivera was never a good coach. People, I'm sorry. I'm going to be the person to break your egg. He rode the coattail of Cam Newton, got him to a Super Bowl. Cam Newton was phenomenal that year. Cam Newton was a phenomenal player when he was healthy. That's why they were where they were. It wasn't because of the coaching. I mean, Luke Keekley was a good part on defense. They had all that going, but it wasn't Ron Rivera. He wasn't making these smart moves and out coaching other teams. They were winning off pure talent and athleticism from Cam Newton. That's really what it came down to. There are so many coaches in the league I could point out like that, but we don't got that much time left. That's hilarious. I kind of, yeah, I was going to say, I kind of agree with you. Glovercrestmedia.com backslash join about the G-Men. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, join about the G-Men. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, X, Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, but it, it it seems to me, in summary, we all feel like this New York Giants football team is a better football team and is poised for a pretty successful season. Best preview show in five years. <laughs> Very excited for Sean Scanlon and Isaiah Groves. I am Joe McGuire. Thank you so much for watching, and uh, let's Peace. go, Giants. Open Shepard all alone. Shepard breaks a tackle and into the end zone. Sterling Shepard. It's he. Thibodeau got there, got the ball out. Scooped it and scored! Touchdown Giants! Kiva Thibodeau! Second down, five, Jones again. Oh, here he goes! He can see the pylon! Touchdown! Barkley, looking for a seam. Great cut, Saquon Barkley in for the touchdown!